0: welcome to the thought leader podcast i'm dr ken and i'm randy baker and on the thought leader podcast we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think They're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right. Without further ado,
1: hello, Jayesh. Uh, Did I say your name correctly? Yes. Yes. It's Jayesh. Jayesh. And uh, what does that mean? Uh, Jayesh
2: effectively means praise the Lord. So it's a combination of two words. Uh, which means praise the Lord in Hindi.
1: Your parents must have liked you.
2: <laughs> I would like to believe so, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and your last name is Surasetti. I feel like I should ask about that too. What's What does that mean?
2: Uh, Surisetti is actually um, one of the families that were uh, earlier landlords in the southern part of India. So there are a couple of families, so Setti, Surisetti, etc., etc., so that's, that's the origin of this.
1: Very cool. And now just, just because we're orienting ourselves, I had a very good friend who was from India and she scolded me because I, I can't remember if I was eating bread with southern food or if I was eating rice with southern food. But one of the two was, <laughs> was not good. She said I was not allowed to do that.
2: Right, right. I think she would have uh, stopped you from eating bread with southern food rice is sacrosanct and uh, uh, bread is sacrilegious
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> uh so on that note tell us about your business uh what is sacrosanct and what is sacrilegious within your business what's the uh, what is it what does it look like
2: <laughs> right right so um i run a business called uh, aprism i'm the co-founder along with uh, two of my other co-founders Uh, Essentially, we started off Aprison with the intent of making the world a better uh, place in terms of digital well-being. So uh, there are a lot of people who essentially use smartphones, but then they don't know how to either uh, regulate their time better or uh, they are into habits which are making their time unproductive on smartphones. So the idea with Aprison was that uh, we should give them a tool. To empower them, to enable them to make better decisions and make better use of their smartphone time. So that's where uh, APRISM comes in. It can help people across the board. So it could be useful for a student uh, in terms of uh, making better use of time to study, uh, helping them concentrate better. Uh, It could be useful for uh, working professionals, you know. Uh, their downtime uh, often happens while they are working because they get stuck with some uh, odd notification that pops up on their phone and uh, it could also be helpful for uh, homemakers and other people in the family members because there are a lot of times where you are stuck with your phone even when you are in a social gathering or when you want to spend quality family time. So that I think was the major emphasis when we started off Apprision. It's in the form of an app. So um, the irony is that an app would actually help people get rid of other apps, or at least the negative users of other apps.
1: I was about to ask about that. It's the irony Absolutely. of which, which um, sort of like you know, if if you want to change a company, you know, get a job within it, right? So you can do something Absolutely. for it. Let's talk about the problem a little bit. So it is everywhere, right? So right. People really do spend all their time staring at their phones. I was just having a conversation with someone, uh, was it yesterday or the day before, about Europe, you know, and how lovely it is to look out the windows of a train in in France, you know. And it used to be that everyone was looking out the windows or reading a book. But now everyone is looking at the tiny window of their phone, right?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And personally speaking, I think smartphone has been uh, such a powerful uh, tool and such a powerful invention in our lives. Small examples like you used to need uh, an alarm clock earlier or you used to have a calculator around or you used to have a music player or an iPod or all the whereabouts. right? All of these things are now part of the smartphone itself. Uh, So much so that you don't even need digital cameras anymore. You have such powerful cameras on phones. So it has sort of become ubiquitous and that has been a good thing. But then there are a lot of perils that have also come along with it. So with every unit of dependence that has increased on smartphones, it has also kind of encroached into our personal lives. So that is the origin actually of, uh, of the problem of smartphone addiction, if I may call it, or an overdependence on smartphones, right? It ha- so much so that in personal spheres, uh, it has uh, encroached into people's lives. The quality of relationships has gone down. The grades have gone down. In professional lives, if you use one minute of your uh, smartphone in your work time, it causes a distraction which is roughly up to 23 minutes. So it will take you 23 minutes for you to come back into that state of concentration and flow. Uh,
0: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Jayesh, can you... Uh, I, I was... I'm not sure I caught what you were saying because I was stuck in my uh, Facebook feed. So can you repeat <laughs> that? You just you just said a stat that was really interesting.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. So I was saying that uh, in your professional sphere if let's say you use your phone for a minute, right? And uh, it'll take you 23 minutes to get back to the same state of mind as you were in earlier. So the ideal state of concentration that you would want to be in, uh, just a minute's usage of smartphone, and it causes you 23 additional minutes of distraction. That's the extent of the damage.
1: And that's just if it's something like like Randy was saying, like your Facebook feed. If it's If it's something that hits you hard, like you know, like a systemic thing, like, oh, man, there's my <laughs> there's my rival from high school. Why did I have to like, see that picture, right? Or if it's <laughs> like a news feed, right, where all of a sudden you're right. seeing news that you, why did I have to see this right now in the middle of, of the day? Or in the morning if the CEO gets a hit in the gut because they check their smartphone and some sort of statistic or some sort of yeah. thing pops up that they shouldn't have seen until later, right?
0: Right, right, spot on. Does that recovery time increase with every additional minute you spend distracted on your phone? Like if you, if you spend three minutes, is it now an hour to get back or is it still roughly that 25 minutes?
2: No, it does, it does increase. However, it does not increase exponentially. So right. there's a sort of a linear uh, relation, but then uh, let's say if you have use 25 minutes of your smartphone, It's naturally not going to be some 15, 16 hours of recovery time. But uh, the damage is still going to be significant because then the physical aspect of the problem starts coming in. So you start experiencing issues with your neck, with your eyesight, with your hearing, depending on what sort of stimuli you are engaging with.
1: That
0: is fascinating. Now
1: that's interesting too, because posture, physical I mean the computer is one thing you're staring at the computer it hurts the eyes you're sitting wrong whatever else but with the smartphone you're looking down Damn. looking down absolutely. or you're like curled in a ball or you're doing this and that it's wild or you're walking into traffic which is a very real risk
2: yes yes absolutely and it it, it sometimes uh has led to accidents but uh, i think one of the more significant problems that has happened is is with respect to gratification So smartphones and the apps that are now residing on smartphones are increasingly being designed in a manner that they give you instant gratification. So Reels is a prominent example, right? Or there are multiple such short term video things, right? If you are watching a 15 second video on your smartphone, right, and you just do a like, or if you post a comment, that gives you an instant gratification. Now, what happens is that you keep chasing this instant gratification i don't want to go into the science of it because there are a lot of hormones that are released you could talk about dopamine you could talk about endorphins etc etc but uh, you start chasing this instant gratification and the risks associated with it also include making you a lot more impatient generally making you isolated socially a lot of times
1: I was going to say that there's also an ick factor, like this this, this un, undefinable, like, you keep scrolling and you're like, ah, oh, what's happening to me? How I, I'm losing control, right? Right, you, right. You can't, and then when you stop, if you've ended up spending three hours in Facebook, you're like, oh, man, I did it again. How did this happen? Yeah.
2: Right, right. So the infinite feed that you were talking about uh, is a feature that people are increasingly using. So when I say people, I mean... Uh, Tech companies are designing a lot of their interventions around the infinite feed, right? So you never seem to reach to the end of your Facebook feed or your Twitter timeline. You just keep scrolling, right? And that's how apps are being designed to keep you there, to keep your attention captured. And then uh, there are various things that are done with the attention that you get. So it could be uh, shaping your public opinion about a lot of things. Uh, selling you commodities, marketing, etc, etc, all of these things uh, keep happening and just to kind of bring it back uh, a notch, it's not just about social media, right? Uh, Gaming is a prominent example. Uh, There are a lot of games which have come in and which kind of suck the time out of people, right? Uh, it, It makes the smartphone activity a lot more impersonal, but a lot more involving. Right, and that's kind of where that's the space where Apprison wants to operate out of.
0: So I, I, I'm very intrigued, uh, Jayesh. I, I'm a business geek. I would love to understand the business model of the app because you're clearly—it's clearly an interesting thing—to protect people from lost time as a result of becoming addicted to something. But, that's right are they not going to become addicted to your app? And are you not doing the same types of things that all the other feeds are doing? Because what's the model, I guess?
2: I love this question. Let me break it down into two parts, right? I'll take the second part first, which is, uh, are we trying to addict uh, people to our uh, our app? uh, Effectively meaning that we are substituting one addiction to another. Correct. So the way that we have uh, designed app is that it does not give you the sort of instant gratification that other apps give, which is the addictive element of uh, app usage. So what we've done is we've designed a prison in a manner that it reflects a prison system where the uh, app user becomes the judge and the warden of a prison. So you go to court in the app you uh, get analytics or you get the usage statistics of uh, apps and they are classified into different classes of criminals so if you are using app uh, xyz for four hours or five hours a day or uh, 12 hours a week uh, it becomes a class a criminal So, so on and so forth right once we classify that we do not imprison the app for the user The user decides which app to imprison and which does not. We just enable them with the insights. Once they've imprisoned the app, even if they want to use the app from their smartphone, they'll not be able to access it. So they'll have to pay bail money to get the app out for a short duration of time, right? Or they'll have to pay uh, some... uh, It's not actual money. It's all virtual currency which they have to earn by doing good stuff or being responsible on the app itself.
1: So so I have a... So on that, so I love that, I love that yeah. idea. I'm wondering if it's truly decentralized in a way then a Prison could theoretically also block itself.
2: Uh, it is decentralized to that extent. You don't see a Prison being uh, populated in that list. That's one. And second, you also don't see a lot of uh, system applications. So for example, settings, phone, camera all of these things you don't see populated in the list
1: i love the idea of the gamification absolutely because it it is still fun it would so i i assume it maybe it's not an addiction but it would it would get it would get you to actually use it
2: right right it's engaging because you get xp or experience points you get coins you get badges all of these things and also the more responsible you are uh, the more freedom you get from the app. So, for example, if you're, the bail time of a newbie prison user is, let's say, 15 minutes. For somebody who's been using prison responsibly over the last 30 days or 60 days, the bail time automatically would increase to 25 minutes. right? So, that's how we structured it. Coming to the first part of your question, Randy, which was the business model. So, we intend first to make app Reason available as a freemium app. So people so far can download it only on app Reason, but soon it's going to be out on the Apple Store, uh, Apple store as well. As of now, it's just on Google play. So it's available uh, free for download. People who want to use the basic features of the app can go directly to the play store, download it, start using it, just fill in some four or five details, right? And then if they want to use certain advanced elements like recommendations uh, like um, uh, certain advanced gamification elements like social stats uh, detailed analytics peak hour times etc etc all of these things they have to pay a nominal annual subscription fee of two dollars right so that's that's about it Uh, we aim to earn our money also because from the marketplace of apps that we want to create so in Apprison, we have a functionality of Marketplace where health, fitness and wellness apps along with productivity and learning solutions can list themselves and uh, we want to make it abundantly clear that it's not a no tech app. We don't want to endorse any no tech point of view. What we want to share is that please make sure that your tech is helpful. So it's more healthy tech and productive tech as opposed to no tech, right? So we also go out of our way to recommend uh, apps which can help people make better use of their time. So for example, if somebody wants to uh, spend an hour on Facebook, there's a punishment profile called community service, where if you use uh, 15 minutes of, or if you use X amount of time uh, for your distracting app, you'll have to use a multiplier of the time of the productive app, right? So 3x or 4x, that is also set by the user. So marketplace is another uh, source of revenue. And eventually, we want to put this out for uh, B2B as well. So we want to help uh, employers engage their employees in a workplace well-being setup. And we want to make sure that they get a more digitally well-being oriented workforce so this is we intend that employers also deploy prison in their organisation. So that's the second source of revenue.
0: There's a couple of things I really like. I get a a, a notification every week telling me what me what my right. average screen time was for the last right, week, right. and I look at that and go, really three and a half hours a day? I don't know how I spent that much time. Now I actually do because it's on all the time while I'm here, and but. An app that allows me to put myself or put an app in jail is really cool. I mean, I really love that. Now, I'm, I'm thinking about my grandson. He's seven. He gets um, screen. I don't know what you call it. He gets addicted to screen time.
1: That's
0: right. So parents could use something like this to, Absolutely. to control and manage their kids' screen time usage.
2: Yes, absolutely. And that's the intention. So we don't want uh, parents to be forced into a situation where... So uh, I, I'm curious, Randy, when you tell your grandson uh, to not use the phone, what is the immediate response?
0: Oh, he gets angry. Absolutely. It's, it's angry. So Yeah, you're taking away his absolutely. drone. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And, and that's, that's the primary baseline as to why a lot of apps or solutions like this fail. Because they tell people what to do and what not to do, but there are no alternatives offered. So, what we are empowering parents and uh, wardens or wards, guardians Mm -hmm. to do is that they give you solutions. So, if you instead of telling your grandchild not to use this, not to use their phone, why don't you try telling him or uh, him to use? Another app, let's say Duolingo or Memrise, to learn or make more productive uh, use mm-hmm. of his time. So that mm-hmm. I think is where Appresent would actually make a difference.
0: Yeah, it's I I really see something good here. It's um, it's just fascinating. I yeah I don't know what what, what to say. I think it's great.
1: So you you have another startup called Happia, correct? Right, right. You have a um a knack for fun names so the first one has prison in it yes. the second one is uh spelled with an e and an a at the end which i love as well so where did you where did you inherit your humor is it was it in your family growing <laughs> up are people just funny or, or sort of that dry humor where, where did that come from
2: i i would like to believe that it's a combination of uh, nature and nurture right so part of it is genetics uh, but part of it i i'll still retain credit for some part of uh, for some part of my humor uh, so quickly talking about happy i think uh, happier is a combination of two words right happiness and peace so uh, that's that's the problem that we want to tackle uh, along with this because I, I, not just during the pandemic but even otherwise there is Uh, a growing realization among people that happiness and peace are both uh, phenomena that we can try and make an impact on earlier on the thought process was that happiness is something that happens to you as opposed to that people are trying to make an effort uh, in being happy it's not being seen as a passive fact so uh, that is what we are trying to achieve through happy uh, through happier that We should enable people to understand the science of happiness, uh, understand what are the levers, what are the factors which help them either increase positive happier, which is uh, making the happiness and peace better or reduce negative happier, which would mean that um, we would want to help them get away from detrimental factors, uh, let's say anxiety or some other mental health issue, etc. So, that's the idea behind happier and uh, it, it's the same parent organization. These are two solutions which work closely together. So, peace.
1: Right. Peace. A word that is not generally associated with mindfulness. Mindfulness is so overused. Wellness, gosh, there's so many solutions, businesses just around that. That the combination of happiness and peace... Right. What does peace mean to you um, in, in the way you grew up or the, how you feel as a human?
2: So to me, I always look at peace in, in two components, right? Uh, internal and external. So, or you could call it inner peace and outer peace, depending on how you want to frame it. But um, uh, to me, internal peace is being at a state where you are able to accept uh, things as how they are. Uh, does not mean that you don't have the desire to change it or make them better. But if you have the ability to accept that things are a certain way, either we can continue with them or improve them or leave our attachment and move on to better things. That I think is uh, internal peace or inner peace for me. Externally, I think it's also got to do with a lot of harmony between different elements, right? And you don't see peace not happening between uh, homogeneous elements. For example, if we belong to the same school of thought, there's not a lot of conflict that would occur. But when you see heterogeneous elements, so for example, people coming in from different religious beliefs or people coming in from different nationalities, etc., etc., that is when you see a lack of coordination or harmony or peace for that matter. So that I think is external piece, and that's how we we look at classifying this. That's a very rudimentary way, but uh, that's that's a very personal way as well.
0: Do you see a connection between the amount of screen time people spend and their degree of happiness? Is there a absolutely. is there an inverse inverse relationship there?
2: Absolutely, absolutely there is, and uh, it's not just me. I think research. Studies have indicated uh, time and again that digital well-being or lack of digital well-being has a strong correlation uh, with the uh, happiness, right? Let me give you a small example. So you have, let's say, allotted uh, an hour a day, very optimistically speaking, for your smartphone uh, usage, right? You mm-hmm. want to have fun, you want to uh, play games, whatever it is. The way your mobile phone is structured, as in the apps are structured, It is bound to go beyond one hour so you will not realize when it becomes two Mm -hmm. hours three hours four hours right but there is an opportunity cost which is associated with it Mm -hmm. so for example what would have you done in the two hours three hours that you've exceeded you would probably have spent time doing something that you like you would probably have done some activity with your family or your loved ones or your friends so the opportunity cost that tech usage is or excessive uncontrolled tech usage is causing you is at the cost of happiness and peace eventually so that I think so you would never see somebody who is a tech geek who loves coding you would not see that person um, obviously up to a certain extent being uh, unhappy with heavy tech usage because that person is at in in love with that particular thing Right. But beyond a point, it starts coming at a cost. So that threshold is what uh, determines your individual relation between screen time or digital well-being or tech usage and happiness.
0: I I, I love watching people and restaurants are one of my favorite places to watch people. And I love sitting down and seeing a couple, young couple, they may be brother and sister, they may be a couple together, I don't know. But they're sitting there with their phones and they're they're not talking to each other. They're not smiling. They're not enjoying their food. They're not enjoying their drink. They're not saying anything. They're not looking around. They're stuck with their face in their smartphone.
1: Right.
0: It's really sad. It's it's just really sad.
2: Uh, It's sad, absolutely. And it has become a phenomenon, uh, Randy. So there's a technical term which has been coined for this. It's called fubbing, phubbing, P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. Uh, you are snubbing your hubby for a phone. That's why it's called fubbing, right? And fubbing or mutual fubbing in this case, because both of them are fubbing each other, is, is uh, prevalent to such an extent that people have started researching on ways to avoid this, right? And uh, one of the very common problems or complaints that people or young couples often make to their uh, relationship counselors or marriage counselors or friends and family is that my significant other or my partner does not pay attention to me even in the idle time because he or she is very busy with their smartphone, right? So that I think is precisely the phenomenon that you're talking about and another important aspect where a prison wants to make an impact on.
1: So do you end up uh, fubbing your family members and friends? Uh,
2: fortunately, no. Sometimes, yes. I, I would not say that I'm I'm a saint to, to that extent. But uh, yeah, yeah. It, it does happen, but uh, not as much as uh, it happens generally. I am much more aware now.
1: The awareness is so important yes. just to realize, because yes. a lot yes. of those folks doing the fubbing, they just don't know. They just are they not seeing it. it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So it's been so fun to chat with you, Jayesh. Um, and we like to keep these short. So where can folks find out more about these apps, about you, or connect with you uh, online?
2: So I am I am on uh, uh, LinkedIn. Um, my I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. I am fairly active. Facebook and Instagram, I am average uh, in terms of activity. Uh, so my uh, my uh, handles are my name. So Jayesh Surisetti. Combined uh, would be my handle both on LinkedIn and Twitter. Same for Facebook and Instagram. Uh, one of the advantages of having an uncommon name is that you get a uniform handle. Um, uh, as far as the apps are concerned for AppRison, uh, we have a website. You can go to p app, A-P-P. That's for aprison, And for happier you can go to www.happia.life. H-A-P-P-E-A dot L-I-F-E. I
1: love, I love the punniness and the, the word <laughs> smashingness of these products that you're putting together. The humor behind them and um, what the listeners can't see is when we say something really smart or funny, uh, Josh has a really great smile. So go check out his LinkedIn and you can see him smiling there just waiting for you to to reach out with funding and all the other good things right absolutely there's just
2: one photograph that i have had for eons that's the one smiling photograph that i have across all social media handles so yeah love
1: it so thank you so much it's been really fun to chat with you
2: thanks randy thanks kent it was lovely being here thanks a
1: lot
0: This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising. It was intriguing. It was interesting. And this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast. And we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our, our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com. And at the top, you'll see a little button that says, take the assessment. In one minute, you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone. All right.
1: Take care, have a good life, and we'll see you on the next one.